Hello, Big Force, and everybody watching this, uh, this is episode 263 of G.I. Joe Big, the podcast, and today we're chatting Megaforce, uh, but I'm not alone. Here is my good man, Mr. Rob. Say hello, Oh Rob. my goodness, it's been a while. At least, <laughs> at least one week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rob has, Rob, there's two of us. Um, Steven is still um, on MIA. mission, he's still Oscar Mike at the moment, because uh, he's he's done a, a great trick across the outback, although he did manage to find time to do a, a, an episode chat with um, Tim Wilde, uh, if you guys, Crazy. Yeah, uh, it's time for Saints other people, but not for us. Yeah, exactly, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very rejected and hurt, how about you Rob? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What did they talk about, by the way? Oh, G.I. Joe and Steven's collection. Incredible. Um, Good one. Yeah, but uh, you know what? If everybody wants to know, they can go and check it out. The video is up um, somewhere on the YouTubes. I'm sure, I'm, sure, the I'm sure one of us will take the time to put the link in the description below. But guys, Rob and I are not alone today. We've actually got two special guests. I introduce to you... Gaz and Railroad, uh, otherwise known as Gaz and Darren. <laughs> How's it, guys? Hey, guys. Morning. Exposed. <laughs> thanks thanks no. for having us on. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you for... So, because, like, this, I know I didn't come up with this idea. Paul, did you come up with this idea? Who who, who came up with this? How did okay, we so, so this How is are we the watching story? a movie about the mayor of New York? <laughs> so um we did a because uh, you know we we sometimes we do these after parties for the podcast and uh we just had this one after party and i think gas i think it was you it was either you or darren that suggested we should do a whole episode of megaforce because uh, i'd mentioned to you guys that steven's gonna be away and you know, so maybe we should do you something know, crazy. Steven doesn't like watching movies. You know, he's, nah, he's he hates busy. movies. <laughs> yeah, especially like, he hates ones, movies. You know, absolutely. Yeah. 80s he's movies. like, he hates boy. Star Wars. Yeah, he, <laughs> hates, he probably hates Marvel. Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun, that rubbish. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, hates it. Just ugh. Um, yeah. And I mean, I yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> Especially with Star Wars, <laughs> but yeah, I love how we're talking smack about Steven. That's he's gonna fine. listen back to this and he's gonna be like, uh, "Fudge, you guys!" <laughs> right, that goes off the Berg Force. That goes off the Berg Force, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, scratch him. Yeah, he's never. We never. I'm not gonna allow him to uh, ever be on a show or participate in the backyard battles or anything ever. A back international backyard. I gotta stop doing this. <laughs> I gotta stop. Do it's like I came up with the name and I still mess it up. I mean, it's, you can't even get it right. Come on, I it's can't your even name. Get it right. You can use it's it as name. you like. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna go around the table quickly before we get into the Megaforce Bogforce conversation. Uh, Robbie, how are you, dude? What's cracking on your side of the world? Are you winning? I, I, I'm definitely winning. Um, it's been a really good week. Um, I've been, well, it's, it's, it's not before, it's going to sound like it's because of this reason, but it's not. I was alone in the shop for the week. My colleague um, wasn't there. She was oh, <laughs> away. Nice. So that was kind of cool um, to kind of like hold down the fort on my own for a bit and just kind of like do whatever I want. You know, it's kind of freeing when there's like not someone sitting next to you, like 
judging everything you do. So, not Rob that she does, is, but you know, I enjoy playing video games for work, and uh, I'll do what I want. You know? And and uh, <laughs> be honest with everybody, Rob. It's nice to be alone in the shop because you can get away with a fart. Oh, absolutely. All you can time totally now. get away with a fart. Like, was, it is so great. I was amazed people can smell it when they came to the shop. Yes. Yeah. They, you could just sit there and read your comic or play a video game and just every now and then, rarp, you know, and then you look around just to see in case there was maybe a victim and, and then you could. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Absolutely. no, I'm glad to hear that you had a good one, dude. And, and Hello. railroad, Darren, how's your week been? Have you been winning? Did you get any cool new toys or anything fun like that? Well, uh, for those of you who may or may not have noticed, I recently acquired the Lego Optimus Prime, mm. which is absolutely brilliant, and spent most of the last week putting it together, and now I've got to try and find a safe place to put it. That's the problem with Lego. Where do you He's put big. it? He's big. He's pretty big. He's big. He's big. He's very, very big. Um, he, does it transform? Yes. Original G1 Transformer Transformation. Okay, okay, so not too complicated, basically. Nope. But yeah, it looks great in both forms. And yeah, I'm seriously considering spending the money to get the lighting pack for it so it'll light up. Nice. Uh, but yeah. I think so, you should. I think you should. I think because, I should too. Yeah, because I think the, the thing is with like... There's money with, for him. Exactly, right? <laughs> less, less, it's less money for you. But you can find Optimus in the dark, and that's priceless. You can't put a price tag on that. Actually, you can. It's probably like twenty nine yeah. ninety nine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So yes, definitely been winning on the uh, acquisition of toy fronts. Nice, nice. And uh, Gaz, are you yep. kicking butt, dude? Um, I'm surviving. <laughs> uh, nothing you know, new. Trying week with the loss of our pet. But other than yeah, that, man, I'm sorry about that, dude. Thank sorry. you. But other than that, I'm just doing my slow build of my uh, Galaxy Explorer and enjoying life, I guess. How oh. is that? I, I mean, oh. this has obviously become Legoberg now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how is the Galaxy Explorer? Is it is it bringing you fun, fuzzy, wuzzy, nostalgic memories with the yes, twist? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very cool. I automatically want to tear it apart and build something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool so it's it's doing I, I should probably mention that i within my eyesight <clears throat> is the uh castle the 90 m three castle just sitting that there that thing is cool telling yeah. me i should be making it right now <laughs> you know my no i gotta do it while we talk i gotta say like <laughs> something that's been very useful to me in my toy buying um sort of decision making has been that the house that Celia and I stay in isn't very big. Yeah. So that definitely makes an impact. You know, it's it definitely big. tells you, like, when you got something in your sights, you're like, is it too big for my house? Mm. Or is it a centerpiece? <laughs> you know, you know, oh. do I really want it? And if I get it, will it go in the cupboard or on display? And if it goes in the cupboard, it fails. Yes. And um, <clears throat> this week, uh, a lot of toys have unfortunately... Um, been left on the toy shelf uh, specifically transformers there's a new line of transformers legacy figures that are out and i really love the sort of 1990s colors the bright neon colors and the aesthetic that they're going with uh, they're really cool rob you may have seen some of them in the toy stores they got that um 
they got the 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 diet version of skids he's <laughs> in the stores um the 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 poor boy version yeah oh. dude like when you said oh yeah you're gonna grab that uh, and you know we had gotten you that cool one from from masterpiece mm. i was like you're not buying that toy i'm not letting you <laughs> it's rubbish <laughs> compared to what we're getting no, you yeah. i'm like no no rob you're gonna get the cool skids not Skip that not one. Not the, we have skids at home, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I want masterpiece kids. Oh, we got skids at home, Rob. Skids at home. Mm, legacy. Anyway, so a lot of those have fallen by the wayside. Although, um, Kickback keeps speaking to me. He keeps going, buy me, Paul. And I'm like, hmm, but where do I put you? Uh, considering that uh, there's some cool, sweet thingies sitting in BBTS. Uh, namely a Crocmaster and a Storm Shadow that I'm very excited mm, about. Um, or the arrival yeah. of I'm very excited yeah. about. And something small in there for Rob as well. And mm. uh, yeah, so hopefully we get to talk about that. But enough of all of those shenanigans and, um, and catch-ups. I think we're all on, the, on, on a good space now. Um, yeah, wow. I really sound like an old South African uh, TV interviewer today. Um, <laughs> Speaking of old South African TV interviewer, let's talk about the 80s, guys. There was a movie that came out in the 80s. It was unbelievably cool. It, it uh, blew the minds of everybody that saw it. And, of course, I'm talking about Ghostbusters. But Hell there was yeah. something else that happened. <laughs> there was something else that happened. In, in was, it, was it 1984 that this film came out? 1982. 82. The same year 82. as e. Blade Runner and The Thing. Same right, day, yeah. So that's why Blade Runner didn't do well because this came out in the same year. Mm -hmm. um, I am, of course, talking about Megaforce. And if you don't know what Megaforce is, ladies and gentlemen uh, that are listening to this on the um, in uh, on the the Podbean or as a podcast, I'm going to give you three seconds to Google it now. And <laughs> no, we're not talking about Power Rangers Megaforce. I want you to go to the <laughs> second page of Google. <laughs> and then you will find Megaforce, the 1982 seminal action classic. And wow. So, seeing as I've, I've got a bit of momentum, I watched this movie for the first time last week, Friday, um, because I was prepping for the show that we were meant to have on Saturday. And then... Uh, it, we moved it to Sunday to accommodate the schedule of you gentlemen and then unfortunately my power died and then Rob released um, one of our best episodes ever and um, <laughs> guys I gotta say Megaforce is a movie it's a movie I'm not sure if I like or dislike it and that's kind of where I'm at with this film <laughs> And I, I feel like I need you guys to discuss and tell us why people should watch this film, why they should appreciate it. Um, hopefully, some of your passion for it rubs off on us. Um, hopefully, to inspire a second watch from me, uh, maybe a second watch from Rob, and maybe a complete watch from Steven, who hasn't seen it, um, could, or has watched a bit of it and couldn't get into it. Um, so, we're hoping this podcast will, will uh, convert Steven to the, to the dark side so um i'm gonna hand over to rob i'm hoping he's got a, a question or two for you guys or some or, or tidbit actually rob what did you think of this thing <laughs> what was your first impression 
because I can I can sum up my first impression of this film, and I'm going to use an image uh, that I uh, specifically pulled for this um, this moment. And of course, thank you um, Streamyard for not allowing to me to put up all the episode uh, uh, images I wanted to put on. So we're just gonna have to listen to Rob, which is never Hell a problem. Yeah, it's never Go a problem. So I thought this was really cool. Um, like instantly, I was like, this is basically Action Force but it's called Megaforce. And it was actually a lot of fun. I think the, initially I was a little confused as to what was going on because it was very dark in, that, in the first sequence. But like halfway through, I was like, this is actually fantastic. And it's a lot of fun. Like everything is practical. It's real effects. They're all out there. Well, like, you know, there's some things on a, on sort of like a weird, what do they call it? Introvision, I think is, is what, <laughs> what, what was um, pioneered in this movie. I think the introvision... That was that was the beginning sequence there with the reverse coloring. Oh, that's introvision. Yeah. Okay. So yep. That's oh. Okay. Wow. So that's oh. Okay. So that's not as groundbreaking <laughs> as I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was the swapping, 80s. You had a swapping the colors. Everything was amazing. <laughs> Introducing introvision, a whole company that just swaps the colors for you on your film. Okay. Okay, guys. Um, I think it's fantastic. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. I love that everything is practical. Practically. I do love that. Yeah. That's There's an incredible those... physicality to it. I mean, it was directed by a stunt guy. So, I mean, yeah. of course, all the stunts are absolutely amazing. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. That yeah, surprises Hal... me. <laughs> Carry on. Hal Needham was yeah, just excellent at that. I mean, you look at the other stuff he did. Pretty much everything he made had cars racing around and smashing off anything. Mm. So... Like he did uh, the Smokey and the Bandit films, the Cannonball Run films. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was a big yeah. fan of cars going fast and blowing up. <laughs> yeah, but who There's isn't? Wrong with I that. Mean, yeah. There you go. See, another thing good about it already. You've who been invented. You guys have seen Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run, yes? Uh, Cannonball I've Run, yes, Smokey not Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. Okay, well, mm. well, together we've seen them both. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, now I can finally sum up uh, my my emotions and uh, everything uh, everything that I feel about this film can be coalesced in this one image, which I'm going to show now. And I'm sorry to the podcast listeners. That's me when I was watching this film. I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> you know? Like, so it's, it's, it's a shot of basically the antagonist of the movie, and he's he's quite he's taken aback. He's surprised. He's not sure what to feel um, as he sees something magical <laughs> and spectacular happening Spectac at the climax of this movie. The amazing Henry Silver. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's his name. So um, this film uh, for me was very much. I felt it was like a super marionation uh, that had sort of come to life more and i don't know if you guys feel the same way i do here but i feel like this film could have been a super marionation like it could have been puppets instead of people how do you guys feel about that it's, it's funny that you should say that because the uh the creators of south park their uh um influence for team america was this movie mm. yeah <laughs> really <laughs> yes i think megaforce had also been referenced in south park itself at least once or twice yeah. Yeah. I okay, think there's so a deep cut in South Park as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. 
But yeah, cool. I mean, it could have could have been done with a super marionation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think at the time, again, especially with Hal Needham, he liked having the people there. Um, I mean, he saw this as a potential trilogy of films. He was thinking, oh, you know, yeah. big budget action adventure, yeah. and kind of. Well, he got beaten out by Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2 came out, like, two weeks afterwards. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I had think, no chance. I think, the, I think the Road Warrior was still, was in, it came out before that, though. I think it was out in May of 2000, uh, yeah. 2082. Um, but so, you had Firefox in the theater. You had Grease 2, Secret of Nim. Tron was coming out. Conan the Barbarian was there. Poltergeist, yeah. Star Trek 2. It's a wow. lot of competition. A, yeah. Yeah, it's a banner year. There's, a, there's some great movies there. Uh, I especially love Poltergeist and Conan from that lineup. <laughs> oh, and Raiders Everyone of the likes Lost Conan. Oh, yeah, and Raiders. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, so, guys, when you watch this film, what was your first experience with this film? Uh, like, when was the first time you watched it? Did you watch it in cinema? Did you watch it on VHS as a rental? Did you catch it as a, like, was it a Saturday night movie? How, how did it all go down for you guys? In my case, it was a cinema release. Um, granted, considering I live on the other side of the planet, it wasn't until basically the end of 82. It was around Christmas time for us. Um, so it worked really well because we had Megaforce toys because matchbox was very much partnered with this coming out oh, cool um matter yeah. of fact matchbox designed the uniforms that wore not uh, art department but anyway so the film came out around christmas time the toys came out around christmas time and it was like a perfect storm in a way he means these uniforms by the way <laughs> <laughs> so paul yeah. and i think the, uh, it, it was the, the 80s. It, yeah, jumpsuit. They kind of like everybody had a camel toe. You get a camel toe. You get a camel toe. You get a camel toe. Oh, <laughs> they kind of like gold, gold beigey jumpsuits and tan. yeah, tan, tan maybe. Tan. Oh, okay, Does I really like the camo. suits though. They, they have I, the, the 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 uniforms and the vehicles are are covered in a um. Inverse uh, polyosynthesis skin, so they change color. So at night they'll go black, and during the day they'll be tan. Very cool. Yes. Yeah, I very bet cool. he, like, they should have worn dancers belts, but whatever's. <laughs> um, the thing is, okay, so I'm gonna show an image now of a parachute. I love this rainbow parachute. the The reason I took this image is because if you are if you work in graphics or graphic design or anything like that. Uh, and you're our age, you know, you're in your 30s, maybe hitting your 40s or so, you're going to recognize seeing uh, a parachute, a rainbow-colored parachute, and you're going to associate it with Adobe and or Coral Draw, okay? Because <laughs> that's what I saw when I saw uh, in my head when I saw this. I was just like, oh, wow, this is like a stock image for, for, for Adobe. And then this ba- uh, madness happens here where they're like... <laughs> I can jump out of a plane. And I mean, this woman's very clearly lying on her back. Was this actually really shot? Did they actually really shoot a parachuting sequence and jump out with cameras? Or was this like fake? in front of a big screen. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think I mean, that entire sequence, it's, 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 it's fused together. So the actual mm -hmm. shots of real people in the sky um, having a very, this would be kind of like the romantic. Uh, Which like wasn't romantic at all. <laughs> I just want to put well, that out the there. the music on there. They were touching hands. He was helping her. He, you know, she was showing how cool she was in the sky. And then they <laughs> cut, intercut these really cool, like real live shots with them. Yeah, basically on, on like boards swimming through you know nothingness and there's a screen behind them it's it's really early 80s effects but it it still looks good i think <laughs> and uh, yeah i i gotta say that that sequence was actually pretty good looking and gaz what is your first time seeing this man like um, I, I felt like i missed was, you there it was as a kid i i didn't see it on the big screen or some kind of jealousy you there but um, a friend of mine, I would go over his house and they had cable and it was on cable and we'd watch it there. We never knew what the name of the movie was. We just like would catch it in the middle. We would be like, oh, it's that movie with the dune buggies and the motorcycles. Oh, then immediately after that, we'd go outside, start riding our bikes around acting like that. So it's, it's uh, more okay. like, it like a GI, it was like a GI Joe thing for me. You know, you love GI Joe and you see this and then you just reenact it. It was, that's, that was my first experience with it. I didn't know what the name of it was until I was later later on in my years so rob i don't know if you caught this or if this like hit you um the same way it hit me but uh when i was watching this uh this movie kind of like messes with your emotions a little bit uh at least as a gi joe fan and mm -hmm. and as, and and if you spent your most of your life watching gi joe stuff or being into gi joe but never having seen megaforce and megaforce pops up there's a certain there's some chord structures in the um in the in the score right that pop up and they are so sunbow gi joe mm. I, I i'm sure you guys know what i'm talking about it's like this um this like kind of sound and i was like whoa 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 hold on <laughs> you know <laughs> And, sort of this, i mean they were big into the synth wave at the time so i think oh the synth wave stuff is great yeah, um, he, that, <laughs> that's what they were all inspired by. So, but yeah, definitely, it, it does feel very sunbowy. And I actually would hazard a guess here in saying that sunbow definitely reached into this film for a little bit of inspiration. And I don't know. Do you think I'm crazy saying that, guys? Like, no, do you, not no, at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, because that that there's a piece of music that's just so. G.I. Joe, it, it actually feels like this stole it from G.I. Joe, but this came out in 82. And it, so it couldn't have stolen it from G.I. Joe. Because uh, I think the cartoon, I think uh, Pyramid of Darkness, no, Master Vice. Jeez, I think it's Master Vice is the first G.I. Joe one. Yes. Uh, G.I. Joe yeah. thing, yeah. I think that only debuted in like 83 or 84, if I'm not 83, mistaken. 83, I believe. Yeah. Symbol yeah. didn't start until 83. So I, I think, think they're definitely... Yeah, Rob? Yeah, it all came out at well at about the same time. I mean, I, I watched the mm. sort of, not making up, but someone kind of talking about behind the scenes about um, Megaforce. And the writer on it was actually, he wanted to originally make a G.I. Joe movie. Mm -hmm. But I think okay. obviously not, not influenced by a real American hero, but by the original 12-inch toys. So he was trying for a more serious tone for the movie. I think he was, and then they could have brought the director in. They kind of went for a more like action-packed um, Roger Moore type uh, campiness oh. to it, which which I mean, yeah. which I think does suit it, and also also does make it more feel like a cartoon. 
or like as you said a, a marin mar, super super marination yeah <laughs> super mario <laughs> that one. i mean you think about it this the whole thing if you took the megaforce characters out the storyline everything it could be a gi joe cartoon or a gi joe mm. story yeah. yeah it has that world feel yeah, and they have kind of like that the technology that's ahead of its time, which is what G.I. Joe often has. Not to mention and that it's... cool base. Oh, yeah, the base yeah, well, is awesome. Giant so I wanna... underground pit-like, you might say. <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> well, I, that's something I really love about this film is the underground base. And, and what I'm showing now on screen is the simulator, the training simulator, which I thought was actually pretty badass as well, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like, this is quite forward thinking in my, in my opinion, like, I mean, those graphics are amazing. Um, but that's like some, there are some guys that have gaming setups like this, where they have like a little rig and everything that they sit in. Um, and I'm sure there's, uh, you know, the, the driving game simulator guys, uh, they have actual rigs that sort of move and whatever's, um, with the car and all kinds of mad stuff. And it's got this kind of feel and it's the same thing with the guys who play DCS and all that kind of stuff. So this was really cool to see, you know, like um, the, the main character, oh, not the main character, the, the female uh, antagon oh, major. protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Major. What, what's the name again? Uh, the Major. Major Zero. Some, I forget her last name. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you guys are wondering, it's this person. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's yes. My this person here. Mm. Yes. <laughs> On screen. Laser. You just been you off limits until three or oh, 300 hours. <laughs> Wonderful photo. You picked some of the best shots of her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I labored to get some of these shots because this woman has got the most uncomfortable smile. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, she true. really, really does. I mean, look at that. There's this great scene where uh, our main dude, what's our main dude's name again? Ace Hunter. Hunter. Ace Hunter. A very popular name, actually. Um, I, I, as I was YouTubing, another movie came out in the same year, I think called Battle Truck or something. And <laughs> the main character is also named Hunter. I, I believe cool. that, I think the guy who stars in that one is uh, Michael Beck, who plays Dallas. In... Yeah, da I was going to say Dallas oh, played no Hunter way. in the previous yeah. movie. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to use this uh, moment to quickly just reach into the comments uh, quickly. I just want to say... What's up to everybody in the comments? Hans Chow, Bob Squad, Ryan Sweeney. What's up, guys? How's it? Welcome to, to the episode. Uh, we see you guys having all kinds of fun there. I'm trying to find some cool stuff to pull out there. Uh, Mark Van Leeuwen, what's up, dude? Uh, so cool to see like everybody here. I see Gaz is also in the comments as well as uh, Darren, you know. Um, <laughs> you cheeky, <laughs> cheeky guys. And... Um, <laughs> so r cool so um by the Sorry, way hunter. the uh, ace hunter <laughs> right so yeah. there's a shot there's a whole scene that happens here and he's like telling her that uh yeah you know you, like your scores are so great but you're not coming on the mission and <laughs> this, huh no huh? <laughs> well no technically then, this this is this is after and he tells her that she can't go on the mission during that simulator scene. This yeah, is them saying goodbye kind of and they set there's I think I believe the conversation they're having is they're gonna set up like a date afterwards. A pub yeah. in yes, London. They're gonna meet yeah. meet in London. 
in a Apparently, pub. London's really cool now. I think it's called the Lionhead Club or something. Lionhead like Pub. Yeah, it's yeah, Lionhead like, Pub. Yeah, that's where everyone goes to meet. <laughs> Apparently, there's only one of them in the whole of England. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you get the most <laughs> iconic scene, one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, at that at that moment where he jumps onto the back of the plane and gives the thumb kiss. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I and I and I feel like such a a, a poople for not um, managing to get a shot not of that. Getting that shot, but would you got but at least... incredible shots. So this film is really practical, and the coolest yes. thing is that it three. What are these A eight A A one thirties? I don't know. C one thirties. Huge C one thirties. What are they? Yep. I don't know. Hercs. Hercs. Okay, Hercules. Yes. They practically have, I mean, they have the actual airplanes in the movie. And I think that that's so cool. It is super cool. They they did all this without official uh, military backing. Oh, really? No yep. way. Yeah. That's insane. Because this shot, I love the shot. Yeah. According to Barry Bostwick, um, Mr. Ace Hunter himself, yes, um, he, he said that, that they um, withdrew military backing because at that stage the US had a force too similar to Megaforce in real life that was oh. working behind Ooh. the scenes oh. and, so they could so be a they, real like Megaforce well yeah riding around that in dune buggies and motorcycles or rockets yes Spandex. lasers damn <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah and so they said that they'd originally applied for military support so you like background shots or stuff like that Mm. Once the U.S. military guys, the publicity department, looked at the script, all of a sudden it was, ah, oh, no, no, we don't want to support this. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't have too many. I don't have too many negative things to say about this movie, but there is one negative thing I have to say about it: is those sunglasses. I don't know. Right, Edward, Edwards. <laughs> yep. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he walked. It's like he stole her sunglasses. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, for I mean, I, I, thought I, I thought I was watching Tootsie. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the great Ed Mohair. Edward Mohair. Yep. For those yes. who can Knight see Rider. the pictures, he was from Knight Rider. Yeah. He was um, right. Mr. Mr. Devin Miles Mr. himself. No, Mr. Cool. Devin Miles. Devin Miles, gosh. Yes. Why wouldn't he I'm going to put up. Oh, wait. No. What's his name? Is Knight. But he's just, Michael he's Knight. got some. He's, uh, this guy, this general had some of the most ridiculous lines and i feel so sorry for him because i really felt like this this actor actually had a lot more pathos you know like he could like i just felt like he was bigger than some of these lines like the major lady she i feel like i don't know like this was her first film and she was very no. much a rookie and she was figuring stuff out that's what i feel i don't know if this is true no, i purposely was, didn't want to do research because i wanted you guys to tell me about this stuff she so, was in um Star Trek the motion picture. Yep. Yeah, I think that was her first big um, breakthrough. She played the, the ball chick. The, the navigator oh. who yes. ended up sort of not making it through the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She interfaced and, uh, with Vija. I've got a, I'm going to show an image of an actor from another movie that's a bit of a cult classic. Uh, it's considered by a lot of people to be a bad movie, but it's one that I thoroughly enjoy. Um, this dude here comes from a movie called The Warriors. That's Michael Beck. Mm. Yep. Okay. Who in their right mind does not like the Warriors? Really? I don't know. There are oh. people out there who don't want to come out really? and play. Yeah. I don't know. That's bad. That's, that's love that shocking. movie. 
Love yeah. that movie. Love the poster. Love soundtrack. So many things about soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, and the actors are so cool. And there's just such a cool vibe to that film. And and uh, one of the reasons I actually clipped this shot was because a I wanted to speak about this fantastic dude and how he wasn't used enough in movies. Um, and b I really love this shot of the, the interiors of the C-130s. These like red lit shots. <clears throat> but this whole dialogue thing here was so, so <laughs> terrible <laughs> because the response from Ace Hunter is, it's totally inapplicable to anything that's going on here and it's done. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my. Who said that? You did. <laughs> says, um, Absolutely profound. You love them you love in, in blue. You love them in red. But you always love them in blue. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which has nothing to do with anything that's going on. Exactly. This, this guy <laughs> is like... It's, it's, I, it's cool because it's a great t-shirt. Let's put it that way. Well, it's a fun little scene. It kind of like adds a little bit more. It's like yeah. he really is smitten with her. Like he, he fought against his own emotions to kind of keep his team the way that he wanted his team to be. Exactly. Very focused. And these guys have to work together and yeah, work as a unit. And that was important to him, but, but at the same time, it really hurt him. So it was kind of cool to see him kind of struggling with that. I mean, yes, the movie overall is it's camp, but there are some cool, uh, more, more, I suppose, dramatic moments. Clever character moments, definitely. Yeah. Ace yeah. Hunter I mean, is a man of much depth, as you yes, can tell. Exactly. He is. <laughs> I, I have to agree. He's got amazing hair, too. Oh, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> this entire cast, I think, is that beard very well is, is is incredible as well. Uh, <laughs> just, just, uh, I'm going to fly up some comments from the, the Bergforce. Ryan Sweeney. Ace Hunter action figure is his camel toe or moose knuckle. <laughs> <clears throat> Bob Squad, why can't Megaforce have pockets? Guys, why can't Megaforce have pockets? They don't need pockets. They don't even need guns. I think only two of them were equipped with guns. Basically, this yeah. entire thing is a vehicle porn movie because yeah, it's all about the vehicles. Like, wow. There's one dude who, who purposefully carries a gun because he needs to you know, use it in one scene to kind of like fire it off into the air. But otherwise, they are all unarmed, which I found <laughs> fascinating that not a single one of them really carried guns. Well, actually, I know Ace Hunter carried a gun, but he never fired a single shot with it. This, uh, this line, uh, this is from Hans Chow. Kenner put out a line of miniature military vehicles called Megaforce back in the day, like Micro Machines, awesome stuff, had a few. Gaz, Darren, did you guys have any of these? I did not. Yeah, I, well, I had the original ones that came out really early and i it was was it mattel and hot wheels adam originally hot wheels. mattel and hot wheels were, hot wheels? were, were the company yeah. that brought them out yeah and i was so lame was i couldn't find any pictures of the toys i'm sorry oh could you i know they looked really fun though. <clears throat> there's a cool uh thing here there's a comment that i want to pop up here uh and this kills me um and i'm trying to i'm like i, I didn't want to laugh Don't on air away. now because um but from ryan sweeney it's Major Doubtfire. <laughs> just like a lady. <laughs> so cool. That's a great comment. I, I love just don't that. know what they were thinking with those glasses. Really. I don't know either. I, I, I just feel like... What, what do you think they were doing with those glasses? Do you think there was a, a, something behind the character that they wanted there? I bet, I bet, I bet they probably, he probably needed some sunglasses because they're out in the desert. And mm. nobody had a pair. And... Somebody, a woman gave it to him. Whatever yeah. pair was there. Whatever yeah. they had. Yeah. 
Because I, I, I mean, I my character at all. Highlight, he I mean, was softer than everyone else as well. <laughs> I mean, they talk about him having a plush helicopter with champagne on board. Oh, that's board. true, yeah, you're right. Yes, so, he was very proud of his helicopter. And, shag, and also, and shag carpet. Shag yeah, carpet, his, so... Um, the glasses again that's level of sort of soft yeah he's, he's not... he comes from a soft he comes from a, a rich background they do say that in the movie and yeah. um they do push that point a lot so maybe, maybe that's what it is and then we've got these two these two clowns uh these two characters it's not just him and like this cool asian guy I, I dig this character, even though we don't really see him doing much. And then this Russian-sounding, Russian or... I think he's Mexican. I think he's, no, Is no, he no, Mexican? He's no, he's, no, he's, he's French. 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 That one's Mexican right there. That's and then this dude's Mexican. Mexican. I think that's Gomez. I think his name is Gomez. Yeah. He's teamed mm. up with Six Killer. Yep. And, and the other two were Suki. Suki. Yeah, Suki. And I forget what the, the French guy's name was. Uh, Suki was the one with the, with, with the six-shooter, I think. Well, Suki had um, towards the end. You see him; uh, his his destroyer gets damaged or blown up or something, and he's riding on the top of another one. And I believe he has like two six uh, six shooters on his yeah. either side of his thighs. So there's another dude. Anton. Anton. Anton, yes, that's his name. Uh, I love so this they, shot. I thought this all was so from cool. Different countries, which which I mean is not so, well, so much Mega, younger, but more definitely Mega, action force. Well, Megaforce is made up, um, as they explain as they're going through their pit, um, mm -hmm. that, well, I think it's on the way to pit. They, they were, they're made up of, I forget the name of the, the group, but it's like the free United uh, countries of the world, and they send their best men and their best uh, hardware to Megaforce, and each member is either disavowed, uh, marked as a traitor, or dead mm. to the world, so they're strictly off the books. It's yeah. wild to me that these ideas, it's so similar to like what G.I. Joe is, mm. but it's come up, it was invented by a completely separate team. Like what was happening in the late 70s that these ideas were so prevalent? Mm. It's wild to me. I, I, I don't get it. It's, it's crazy. It was the Reagan era. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love like on screen now, I love this scene. Like this is so just. I just think it's so cool. It's got such a like creepiness to it. Um, these motorbikes with the like sort of red lights uh, in it. It's just such a great like moment. I'm going to pull oh. out some of those as I go through because this film, if there's one thing that this film does well, in my opinion, um, but I just feel like it, if it was just given to a slightly better cinematographer, it would have been amazing visually. But I think this film does some pretty good cinematography. Like, I, I, I feel a lot of the composition of the shots uh, is really awesome. Like, even this talkie scene is actually really well composed. And um, earlier with our dude here sitting doing his crossword puzzle, this is a really well composed scene. Um, it's just a pity sometimes the scripting just felt a little bit hammy. But then again, I feel like maybe if the scripting wasn't as hammy, I wonder if this film would have been as memorable. You know, it's kind of like Resident Evil 1. You know, oh, like... by the way, that's the mm. director. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he sits in... At first, I thought it was um, $6 million man, but then I looked it oh, up and I was like... Nah, Lee Majors? Yeah. Lee Majors, no way. No, no, that's well, I don't know. It, to me, it looked like him, but I knew it <laughs> couldn't be him. 
I thought this was pretty cool as well in the film, like the way they execute their mission and it's got the little timer on the screen. Yeah. That was actually really cool. You know, additional contact, you know, proceeding down well, the main corridor. They made <laughs> incredible claims. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the soft man up front, he was like, you're really going to get this done in under four minutes. And they're like, yeah, for sure. That's just how <laughs> quick we are and how, how efficient they are. But I love that. In these yeah. shots as well, how the the color of the vehicles have changed. Yes, the mm. photos with the skin they have. Yeah, so at night they go darker, and then during the day, yeah. the day, <laughs> they're, they're the tan color. And this is vehicle porn, like for me, because like you see all of this cool, like these cool, like uh, remains and ruins of of the city that they're entering, and um, this was kind of real time as well, which I liked. Like they, that's why they have the timer on the screen. They're trying to sort of imply that this is all happening in, in real time. And that was actually quite progressive. And it's weird because you, you wouldn't really see that being copied again until much later on in films. You know, they, I mean, 24, I remember mm. when 24 came out, it was everybody's like, oh my word, 24 is so amazing because everything's real time. And I'm like, it's not really. <laughs> yeah. And now, now there's a part of me that's like, Dude, yeah, Mega Force did it first. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really just, that. I mean, the, the vehicles themselves, they're also powered electrically, so they can run silent at night. Yep. And they can be radio controlled by TATCOM. I love mm. that. That was awesome. There's a, there's a, I'm spoiling it now, but there's a great scene where one of the vehicles takes too much damage and he's like, let me take control of it. And he just ramps this thing into yeah. like oblivion. And it's awesome. Sorry, I've got some uh, very dark shots happening here at the moment, but I loved this. Um, this like little camera, me, 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 me thing, like little like drone. That. Yeah, it's so cool. And what I loved about this as well is um, the Dune movie by David Lynch has this very. Uh, I I think it has some of the best production design in an '80s film, and people can fight me on that one if they want it to. It definitely has a lot <laughs> of production design. Mm. Yes, mm. and I feel like Megaforce <laughs> and that kind of tapped in from to the same energy because there's a lot of love putting to the lighting and to try and create these cool dramatic and artistic kind of shots with some of these, um, like some of the gadgetry and the vehicles and things. And the thing, um, the film is is so, is it's campy, but to me, like having watched superhero movies, especially the Marvel films, I think this film fits in perfectly with those. Because it's kind of like a balance of the the jokiness with the the seriousness in the movie. Oh, this yes, is, if you think about it. Mano, you uh, stole my lighter. <laughs> this is like this. This whole scene is like my favorite scene of the whole movie. The interaction between him and Guerrero is is great. Mm. I, I just love his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is so great. Ace Hunter's face is just the best, guys. Um, I just want to check with you and see if we're on the same wavelength here. But Ace Hunter is essentially Jane Fonda and Duke mixed together. No, that's it's the headband. Ace is more Ace is more than just the headband and some good hair, man. He's that's got great some hair. Stuff. It's great hair, though. It is. <laughs> I miss having hair like that. Oh, <laughs> and then here we go. The vehicles have changed into like this cool deserty mud color. That's the camo. standard camo, yeah. 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 This oh, is no. this was fun. See, once again, great compose composition on the shots. Um, 
I think what I also did. makes it feel like an mm. episode of a cartoon or or a um, very Jojo is that it's very straightforward. The movie isn't mm. isn't it's not overly complicated. So they set up the bad guys, and there's two countries fighting each other, and then they're bringing that they need mega force to be to go into that country because one of the guys there is an ex. Uh, uh, well, 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 he works. He used to work with um, Ace Hunter. Well, Guerrero is a, a hired mercenary, and that whole tank battalion that he has with him is his his force. And yeah. that country, that country had hired Guerrero to wreak havoc with their bordering country, which uh, Zara and and um, what's his name, Burn White, are working for. And I think Burn White himself is a hired a yeah. hired gun for that country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they needed to draw Guerrero out of the country beyond their borders so they could they could take capture them or take them out so they 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 got connected with megaforce to go in hit guerrera draw him out so that they can take him without you know without starting a war with that country next to them operation no, hook line and, and sinker, sinker. And sinker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, toys wise okay so you guys obviously grabbed some of these toys when you were kids um i'm uh, hoping I had yeah. I had the I had a few of them the Hot Wheels, mm. which is basically the only thing that you could really get the buggies, the buggies, and I had the the six wheeler too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I had the bike and the buggies. Never got the six wheeler. I never found the bike. I always wanted the bike. Uh, bike is very cool. It was very fragile, but very yeah. cool. <laughs> There's something very his tank about the the six wheeler. Hey? Don't you guys yeah, think? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Six. <laughs> And also, like the the well, uh, maybe it's just the coloring and the fact that it has six wheels, the desert fox as well. Yes, like it's Less cool because they have very distinct vehicles, just like GI Joe does, mm. you know. And they've been modified to work for them. Um, I think that's definitely another connection that they, an idea that they pulled out of nowhere, I suppose, because they need had a stuntman guy in charge of the movie. They have these distinct vehicles that that. That are theirs, you know, the same like G.I. Joe does. So it, the parallels are incredible. You can you can easily see the mock the 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 bike, the destroyer, that Tacom vehicle as a Joe vehicle. Mm. You yeah. can easily see that with a G.I. Yeah. Joe label stuck on the side. Yeah, For I mean, me, oh sorry, Darren. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the Delta Four, the motorcycle. Yeah. Um yeah, you've got the RAM, you've got the stuff. You could see Mirage. A, the Mirage. The GI mm-hmm. Joes would use that motorcycle. Yeah, you know, I could see Joes racing around Absolutely. on that one. Mm. Those Doom buggies, the destroyers, yeah. So all striker-ish. Definitely. I love the fact they've got that little wheel that pops down to allow them to circle yep. on the spot. Yep, yep. Yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, again, practical effect. That car actually did that. It wasn't, yeah. you know, had a drop-down mm. wheel so it could turn 180 degrees on the, you know, and move straight away. Something I, something I, uh, well, that jumped out to me when I was watching this um, a lot was Action Force. I know we we've mentioned Action Force a lot. Mm. Rob, you opened up with going, "This is basically, know, absolutely." It's basically Action Force because it's it's, it's an basically national team. Yeah. Yeah, but I also feel like the vehicles have that kind of Action Force aesthetic yeah. to them. Yeah, you know, like, right. like I I I've immediately thought that when I saw the. And I don't know why or what it is about the the six wheeler vehicle, but it also made me think of the of like the action force when I saw it. Mm. Um, also, I love these like wide angle shots. Like, I don't think they're the 
most attractive things for a film. And I'll, I mean, I, I know I'm being critical here. So if you guys want to like, you know, fight me on it, go for it, please do. Um, it's more fun that way. But I just feel like these shots are like, the, these like like wide zoomed out shots where you just see a whole bunch of vehicles going into the middle to me it felt it feels like a strategy game like on a on a pc like a pc strategy game like command and conquer mm -hmm. or dune or something has like that kind of vibe it's also got like that you know like a toyetic vibe to it oh, but i don't know if it serves to be a great dramatic shot for a film for Pardon me it's me. like for me it's like um like in a classic western when when the and the cavalry's coming in for a charge. That's what this mm. scene kind of yeah. speaks to me because you have Guerrero lined up, ready to attack. Because they know mm. they Guerrero knows that they have to go to this dry lake bed to get to get out. Because that's where the plan. That's where their planes can only land. Because mm. they're being cut off. They can't go back to to burn White's country because they won't let them across the border. They can't cut back because the whole of that nation's army is coming to get them. And Guerrero standing between them. And their way out so their only decision is to attack and they come in silent and then they spread out and they just attack yeah. and this is their charge and so as the camera pans back you see them all mm. and and this is what i love about this right because in today's stage you'd maybe have one two maybe three or four of those destroyers a couple of the bikes yeah and maybe the six wheeler and then everything else would be cg'd in this it pans mm. back and you see that there's at least a dozen or so of those uh, Delta Mark IVs, and there's got to be a dozen of those dune buggies right yeah. there, whether they're full mock-ups or just hollowed mock-ups, but you can see that they're there, and that's a physical thing right there, and they're charging. You see them hitting every bump, jumping around and stuff, and it just looks like a whole lot of fun. Do you think, oh, like, a whole it. bunch of... Sorry, you talk yeah. about Yeah, you talk about um, this show being ahead of its time with the clock and everything like that. Um, that scene there, it's, you know... 20 or 30 years later, you're going to see that scene again with the charge of the Rohirrim. It literally is that. You mm. see the build-up, they all sneak out into position and then, boom, take boom, off boom, across boom. the field. And the missiles flying. It is, it's that sort of... All they needed was you know, Ace Hunter to ride his bike across the front and tell them that they're going to ride for ruin. You're right, and, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you've got the charge of the Rohirrim right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's it's um, it's it's to show the physicality um, of of that they have all these vehicles. That's what was impressive back then. Yeah. The fact that you had so much stuff and you could actually throw it into a scene, and and it's all real. I mean, and, today you look at these scenes and you know that it's not real. You see a thousand vehicles and you're like, nah, it's pretty impressive, but it doesn't feel visceral. Well, I think the yeah, why Fury Road did so well. Hmm. Yeah, exactly, well, because it was practical effects. Physical. It was. It's yeah. right there in your face. Maybe they enhanced, enhanced it a little bit of CGI to yeah. kind of smooth things out. Because mm -hmm. this being an '80s movie, when they do make mistakes, you can see those mistakes. Yeah, very obviously. But the thing is that they can only take so many shots because it is all physical, mm. and you kind of just have to go with the bad and and take it with the good, because you can only do so much physically. But the fact that they did it in real life is what makes it so incredible i just love that it gives it so much t uh, texture that's that's mm. one thing i love about like practical fix it like you mentioned mistakes like i love that in in films when you see because mistakes will happen and that's adds to the realism like your your brain you you kind of i don't know I, I, there's some part of at least my consciousness that appreciates it like where 
I feel like this is realistic. You buy the realism of it more, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. If somebody bails, you, you know that like there's somebody in the same room that's watching this film with you that's going to go, yo, that's exactly what's going to happen, you know, or mm. something, you know, you, you always got that guy. Um, I just snagged this shot because I thought this was such a cool looking shot and I love how Ace Hunter, for example, stands out with his blue bandana. Yeah. So we know it's him, you know, we know this is our hero character. Well, that was definitely done on purpose. So Obviously, you, yeah. You can always know where he is on the battlefield. As, and course, it's as opposed, clever. of course, to Dallas, who uh, stands out for the slightly problematic reasons nowadays. Yeah. Well, until yeah. these days, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, love, I love that this seems build enough for the for the jump over the tank, and then that classic like pose as he's in midair. He just grabs his charge off his thigh and he drops it on the tank and he throws it yeah. there. Oh, you mean see that like you mean this <laughs> shot? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's great. This is so. This was cool. I love this shot. That's why I, I knew it because I was like, so "We're gonna well talk edited. about this." Like it's, yeah. it's it's such a fun. Like you knew the director going in was like, "I have to get a cool shot like this in there," yeah. and he did. And he then managed it. it's just we motorcycle going up against a tank, a mobat, yeah. Mike, a mobat. Yeah. Going this uh, brings me back to uh, international backyard. Um, part two <laughs> with a uh, super trooper <laughs> yep. um, well um then... i've tried i've explained this to other people about megaforce and they say oh yeah what is it what is it and i point to modern play motion and stuff okay this is mm. a guy director hal needham had a bigger budget live people but it's basically play motion yeah oh yeah mm. yeah and yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's true. I think a lot of what Playmotion is 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 eighties. I mean, yeah. look, you look know. at that. Look at that scene. Look at it. Just look at it. Look at the awesomeness of that scene. Yeah. He just jumped over that tank, dropped the detonator on it, and boom! And he's going for the stylish landing. Motorbikes oh, yeah. and explosions. It's an American film. It's a real <laughs> tank. There's a real vehicle to his to his right. Yep. It's it's all practical. I don't. I, I think you really can't go wrong with practical effects, even if it looks hokey or it looks funny sometimes. And you can easily, it's you real. Can easily imagine that being a ramp cycle mm. with, yeah. with like stalker or Duke on the bed, uh, riding it, doing the same thing to a cat. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this shot now and I'm thinking, wow, like this would be so cool to recreate in like toy photography. Cause you could do this, um, mm. you know, um, like it's just it it could work and also i think uh we've hit one of our major major points of sale on this film to somebody who's never watched megaforce before <laughs> or who has been trepidatious about it uh <clears throat> steve <laughs> um the practical effects alone are worth watching like so Perfect if maybe show. and let's be you know devil's advocate here if the scripting really bugs you turn off the sound rock some cool <laughs> no no but like you know rock some cool like 80s pumping 80s synth wave playlist on spotify or something just let this movie roll because i think it's a pretty film because of the 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 practical effects so there's that to me that's a sales point and, th and that is a big sales point of this film it's actually why i'm like why it's one of the things that i liked about this movie is all the practical effects and i liked how it was shot um so that's a definite sales pitch. I mean, listen, the Rob, Steve, and myself sat through what Cyborg Two or Cyborg, 
together. And that was brilliant. Like, you know. Wow. John Claude Van Damme, it's so good. And I kind of feel like Megaforce is something that's... It's Megaforce. There it is. The line. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I just, I, just, I just actually recorded that. I was going to post this on, fa- on, on, on the group page after ah. the podcast. Yes. <laughs> guys always win, even in the end. Well, this, this is a total um, reaction to what, to what Guerrero says to him earlier when he offers him a way out. Mm. He tells mm. him, you know, this, you're in an unwinnable situation. You're not going to – spoil this for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, you're not, you're not going to get out of this. The Army's coming – that way we're waiting for you over there you're not getting out and 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 he says you know it it kind of it kind of like kind of dives into how guerrero sold himself out becoming a mercenary because of what happened to him right so he has like his moral his morals have kind of gone astray but ace they used to be friends ace is still that that moral driven guy he still wants to do the right thing you know, he needs to do the right thing, and he, he owes it to his men. And he offers his men uh, a choice. You can follow me out, or we can all split up and get out on our own, because that's your only choice, right? Surrender, follow me, or, or make, your, make, your, make your way out by yourself. And they mm-hmm. obviously say, no, we're going to follow you. We're going to follow you because you're our leader. You know, it's that Duke moment. This Duke is that first sergeant. You know, he's so loyal to his men. He's so loyal to the cause that – They'll follow him because he's true blue. You know what I mean? He's he's a, he's a mm. standard good guy, and that's what Ace is. Ace is a a, a, a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's good to the core, and almost mm. almost a caricature of a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. and and this is him telling Guerrero, "Hey, listen, you gave me a way out. I didn't give up. Here I am. We got out, and we always win. Meaning the good guys always win." And not only that, and again, spoilers to the to the anybody who hasn't seen it. I think personally myself, if there was a second movie, that Guerrero would be on Megaforce because this is him telling Guerrero that you you could be on Megaforce if you want. Yeah. Because he yeah. uses it with a new lighter. Yeah. A Megaforce That's, lighter. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> and, and 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 the way Guerrero reacts, it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm there, right. I'm there. Like this is his. This is him looking at him in disbelief, as like you're here and what you're saying to me. But when he opens that lid, he's like Ace. Like he's <laughs> like he's happy to see him. You know what I mean? It's it's I'm, actually it's it's really cool. I mean, like he's the antagonist, but he's also his old friend, and the way right. they get along is very layered. Yeah. Even though they're on opposite sides. Right. Well, I mean, you go right from the beginning. Um, the, the very first attack where Guerrero's causing problems. He's got that sort of political officer from the nation yeah. giving oh, yeah. the, the full speech. And Guerrero's mm-hmm. like, come on, get it over with. We're here to do a job. We don't believe in this, blah, blah, blah. And as the story goes through, you see that he's not happy with what he's doing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's doing it because money. He, the money and that's the way the world is now. Yep. You can't just be the good guy. You have to do this to earn money to keep working um and yeah at the end he hands him instead of the uh the lighter that had their old regiment on it um which is the one he stole yeah um, he hands mm-hmm. him a new lighter well, which is a mega force well, lighter borrowed and never gave back sorry sorry <laughs> borrowed and never I came thought back you gave it to me 
But, yeah, I mean, he, he gives him a Megaforce lighter, which, like Gaz said, I've always thought was like an invitation. Exactly. It was like an invite card. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, that bit at the end when he's, like, absolutely ecstatic that Ace has got away. Yeah. And he's like, I'll see you again. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yep. yeah, if Deeds Not Words had been made, I would have seen him as joining Megaforce as well. Yeah. I think he hmm. definitely would have been on, on Megaforce. And the, it's 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 just like G.I. Joe where there is this very positive message at the end of the day. Good guys do mm. always win. And... Once again, I'm I'm floored by the parallels between this and just the, what a real American hero is. You know, like what yeah. Larry Harmer came up with. Um, uh, one of the other, even more so, things. the cartoon guys came up with. Is it is yeah. good guys always win? Yeah. yeah. And the other interesting thing, talking about parallels with the cartoon, um, the director went to the wall. He had fought and fought and fought to specifically show no one gets killed in this film. Yes, I was going to hmm. bring that up. Yes. Um, I think the only on-screen on-screen deaths, and I don't even know if they're deaths because you can hear these like little micro voices mm. when those three mm. guys get zapped outside of Tatcom. That shot you showed of the six, the six wheel oh, yeah. and that little that device comes up out of top of them. There's like three guys setting up a little rocket they get launcher shocked. to take it out. Yeah, because oh, I assume yeah. that they get blown up. I must actually listen to that again. Yes, if you if you if you if you um, watch it again, and you hear when they get zapped, you hear these like little cartoon voices. As they oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Because like even when the bad guys have their vehicles destroyed, I think there are shots yeah, of them coming like crawling out of it. And I was yep. like, that's yep. very much the G.R. Joe cartoon. You always have to make sure that you see them not dying. So something I think is a bit of a tactical failure in this film, oh, but, also, but also a success. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no. It's, the climax of the entire movie they've you, been sitting it up. You're, you're wrong, Paul. You're wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm, well, I'm hear me out. On the ground right here. No, no, but let it like, be wrong. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Well, yeah. Let, let me be wrong. wrong. <laughs> I feel they've like been setting this up throughout the entire movie. Don't like ruin this the Falcor like, moment. I'm sorry. Don't ruin the Falcor moment. <laughs> so, I I think one of the reasons why. Because this is what I'm starting to get from like listening to you two gentlemen talk, and I'm sort of falling into the excitement of this film quite a bit, and, and that's what I was hoping would happen with this uh, episode, and I'm hoping our listeners are getting the same thing. Uh, I feel like the film, the the tactics in the film, like the military strategy and all that stuff, within the the narrative of the film, actually makes a lot of sense, you know, mm. and I think the fact that, and I'm sorry, spoilers for like super old and obscure movie. Um, but I think the fact that the victory is achieved without some giant set piece that involves killing the villain James Bond style. Um, mm. I'm kind of glad that the film doesn't succumb to that and that the conclusion to that is this whole conversation between Ace and Duke. Uh, I thought that was like very clever as you guys have just like, you know, like illustrated now. Uh, like I, I think that's a really good thing. I just think that could be one of the reasons this film maybe didn't quite touch the hearts and minds of of the average film goer when this was out, irrespective of the fact that it had competition in the form of like Mad Max and and everything else that came out in '82. Uh, I, I feel like, unfortunately, you know, view uh, cinema goers are the kind of people who do want this big set piece ending with the yeah. bad guy you know, exploding or falling down a giant chasm or being shot into space or 
whatever's, you know, uh, yep. being taken out by, um, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, whatever's. Like, that's, that's kind of something that I feel this film does really, really well, but to its detriment is actually more what I meant by tactical failure. So, am I wrong? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not glad really. that, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't kill off Duke. Yeah, mm. agreed. Yeah. It, it would have gone against the entire feel of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the film um, stuck to what it, what it set up. And I, I appreciate that. But yes, it does go against maybe audience expectations where the bad mm. guys always lose. But he's, he explains it himself. You know, throughout the movie, you kind of, you get the idea that, you know, that it's not just killing your enemy that isn't, that isn't winning. It's, it's being better than them. It's, you know, taking the high road necessarily. Yeah. It's victory. Victory yeah. itself is, is the win. It's and he not does. always killing the There's, big bad. That's not the solution. In every yeah. single way, he outsmarts Duke completely. Mm-hmm. And that is a win. I think if you think about it a little bit longer, your audience would realize. And it is a big showdown. You have these tanks. You have the... Yo, you got that. Coming yeah. in, you got the fantastic um, clouds of rainbow colors. Um, <laughs> it is a huge spectacle. It's just obviously you don't have that kind of like, and he has to die. You, you got to kill him. But it's the, it's the early 80s. They're like... We this is a brand new decade. Let's give people a, a more positive outlook, a new a new era to be part of. But obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, pessimism with Mad Max and all the other movies won out. But I think we can appreciate happy messages these days. Mm. Totally, man. Like I, I also I love that because that's victory is not always just killing the enemy. You know, like you said, it's overcoming the enemy. It's overcoming the. Mm. It, it's it's. It's winning in the battlefield. It's winning the bigger war, you know, like the bigger fight, getting the, this mission completed. And I think they did that really, really well. I just think, unfortunately, audiences had been conditioned to have this uh, big, you know, villain fight that would be like this big set piece that would then focus in on, you know, the, the, the two, you know, the main antagonist and the main protagonist going up against each other. And ultimately one coming out and they're being like a silly one-liner. But here you've got two guys actually having a conversation, which I also quite progressive for this film. Oh, not just for this film, but quite progressive in that era. Well, it's interesting um, you say that because, I mean, another movie that became a cult classic, which also ended with a big fight scene, but where the main guy doesn't kill the bad guy, was Blade Runner. Yes. Yeah. Where the movie ends with with um, Decker just sitting there and he he's being completely beaten by his, yeah, his Roy Batty, superior yeah. enemy, mm. but Batty realizes it's the end now, and uh, what's the point of me continuing to do this? You know, like I'm, I'm and then he explains you know his entire outlook. So I think there were just, yeah. definitely messages that were difficult for people to kind of connect with in the eighties, but which have over time gotten more acceptable and which is what makes Blade Runner a cult classic and hopefully this as well I think yeah I, I mean Rutger Hauer's whole speech there at the end the tears in the rain speech and the whole you know you're alive live and then that's like enforced later yeah. and then he you know, dies yeah. the, the good guy didn't beat him you know the same here I mean by far beat him and doesn't kill him <laughs> but, it, but so the, the climax of the movie which which uh, probably the thing that a lot of people remember is is that um, our main character ends up flying on his bike in a very convincing fashion. It is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool it's as cool. all hell. But it's such, 
there's a, there's a really great question here from Ryan Sweeney in the comments. But who really was the bad guy? Both these forces are working for someone else. Mm. And yeah. that is a great touch point. That's true, one thing about true. this. And, and that kind of, I feel like, crystallizes what I'm trying to get at. Audiences are conditioned to there being a good guy and a bad guy. Audiences were, in the 80s, were not prepared for shades of gray or shades of brown, if you prefer in this case, because of the camouflage. Um, <laughs> they weren't ready for that, that ambiguity, you know? So, so the question is, who really are the bad guys, guys? <laughs> I don't think there really is a bad guy in this. Hans Charles says yeah. capitalism. <laughs> well, in a way, they kind of set up it's the politicians. Mm. I mean, they have mentioned that a few times. I mean, uh, Hunter kind of like commiserates with the major, I think, or, or with, with the, the main tank dude. The, not the main tank dude, but the, the good, the rich man. The, and they uh, do talk about how politicians often mess up situations that they've been in before mm. when they start mm. interfering. Yeah. To that, um, Guerrero was a victim of that himself because he was recalled mm. to his home country where he was put in command of a tank battalion and he had to <laughs> his, his, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Bad the bad guy was a screenwriter. I, I'm sorry, Darren. I'm sorry, oh. guys. But I agree with that 150%. This, that, that oh, my hurt. word, the script is... Oh. That, hurts, that hurts deeply. Oh, Bob Squad though. says... Apparently, the bad guy's underwear. Yep. <laughs> well, that's just a given. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Those outfits look so comfortable. I don't think you mm. need to wear underwear. It was the 80s. Mm. Sorry, yeah. uh, Darren. I, I derailed you there, my man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. We're all good. We're all good. So, uh, bike fought, right? Um, the bike starts speeding up. These wing things come out the side. They're like... Oh, they're not. They haven't come out the side yet. They're still there. You can still see. You can see them here. They're kind of in the shot. I think this was a, a bit of a whoopsie. There's continuity error there, because uh, these shots are actually in a, in a, a chronological order. Uh, Ace has taken off his helmet. We got another really awesome, uh, you know, piece of cinematography here with this shot. This whole bike shot at the end. This whole scene was amazing. Um, which brings me to this facial expression. Uh, while they're in the plane, he's like, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to do this with my lips. He's mm. <laughs> got great hair, this guy, hey? Wow. Anyway. Um, That's what I said. The whole cast is so well. Uh, they all look really good. And yeah. he's got his little confederate flag there, which is because like, he, he speaks like this. He's like, yeehaw. <laughs> he's definitely from the South. But, but I mean, he obviously differentiates himself because Ace Hunters, they're both from the States. Yeah. But he's more southern, so I think he's more has a more of a southern pride, which was fine at the time. Today, yeah. obviously, it's a little bit more controversial. Um, yeah, but like, at the time, final, it was completely normal. You were just that final proud charge, to be a southern he puts person. A Confederate banner on his motorcycle, so it's yes, out well. behind it. Well, I mean, yeah. at, the same, at the same time, you had uh, what Dukes of Hazard on TV. Yeah, mm -hmm. generally, so. It was, uh, but yeah, they, it, it was they, a different time. It was the eighties, and I yeah. think it's 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 just a, it's just an image. It's just a symbol. It doesn't, especially in this case, it doesn't impact the movie in any positive or negative way. He just yeah, he's from it's the just south. an identifier. And he himself is is happy about that. Like the bandana is an identifier. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. And he doesn't 
represent negative nor necessarily positive aspects of what it is to be from the South. So if you're from the South, don't worry. I love this. This kills me. The whole time when I was watching this, I was just sniggering. I was like, <laughs> I was giggling like a stupid come kid. On, come on, this, this, is, like, this is like things that we dreamt about when we were kids. See, Paul, this just, is the climax of the movie. It's him, this, he's this flying is, in the air, the bike has taken off, and he's I'm, I'm, I'm beyond you, the, guys, the guys at Kenner were watching this, and this is where they got the idea for Mask. Yeah. Oh, definitely. totally. I think this, <laughs> once again, this film influences everything beyond it. And this, it's, it's fantastic. This is the climax. Just not shot that on the on the push bike. I'll go out on your BMX afterwards. Yep. Pop a wheelie. Don't try and fly. Put some pop a wheelie on and, the side. Yep. Yep. <laughs> then it's, fall off. But hey, remember, this is the guy who's scared of flying. Well, not scared of flying, but if it no, no, bad. no, turbulence, air turbulence. Yeah. Oh, it's turbulence. Ups, up, upset him. Yeah, it's not even scared of flying. Deep. He flew on this thing. It's not, I find. You saw how excited he was when Egg told him that it's one two. One oh, two. That's right. I guess he was yeah, excited. He, he doesn't like tokens, but he loves this. flying. This... And the coolest thing is, yes, the sh the shot looks really fake today by today's <laughs> standards. But the coolest part I found was that at the end of the sequence, he's flying around and they're all super impressed. But he actually flies directly into the back of the C one thirty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He transitions from whatever this, this back screen projection situation is straight into there. And I thought that was a really cool shot. Yeah. Oh, man, this was like, this this just killed me, man. Like, I was like, I, I, I can, like, separate myself from it and just really, well, not separate myself. I can really get into this and just see through the special effects or should I say their shortcomings the shortcomings of the special <laughs> effects by today's standards, I can really get immersed in this. But there's a part of my brain that just really takes joy from the fact that this is just so fake. And super, for me, guys, and I also I know I'm saying things here that are going to upset you and other Megaforce fans. This is so cheeseball, but that's no. not a, an insult to this. It's but kind of say, what makes it so cool. Ups, that doesn't upset fans. We know it's cheesy. You just okay, good. love the cheese. That's what it is, yeah. I, I mean, this if is you, if you can accept the cheese, you can enjoy this movie. Yeah, that's what makes it so enjoyable that it that that you know it's it's it looks bad, but you're 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 when you when I'm watching this, I'm in a state of like just disbelief. So I just watch this and I'm in I'm in it. No matter how many times I watch it, I just enjoy it. And yeah. then, when I see this, I'm just like, ah, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. I, I would love, and that's my, you know, at first you're like that, and then you just got to, that, that, that look just turns into a massive, massive grin, and you're yeah. happy. Well, and I think that's, was... that's G.I. Joe as well. I mean, that's the mm. cartoons, that's the comic books. I mean, the cartoons are way more, I wouldn't say cheesy, but they are definitely more tongue in cheek in a way. Less realist, yeah. realistic. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's, That's what she's looking like after you're done watching this movie. You just like, <laughs> yeah. Before Megaforce, during Megaforce, and after Megaforce. Megaforce. <laughs> yeah, the three stages. This, <laughs> this was such a cool moment, and uh, we were talking about it quite a bit earlier. Uh, when the set piece of this film, and Rob, uh, you you put a spotlight on it. The set piece of this film is this moment not mm. how badly he beat up the the big bad and that was cool 
Like mm. that's very rock star about this. And I love that. That's very positive and energetic. And I don't know, obviously want to mention it earlier because it's like, you know, a spoiler yeah, for our podcast this as well. Moment, for sure. Yeah. But I think, the, yeah, overall, it's a positive movie. It's, it's, it's just wants you to have a good time. Also, yeah, I mean, there used to be a time when you'd make a movie purely to entertain. There's mm. no message. There's no, well, okay, there is even, there goes a message. But, <laughs> but I it's a message that everyone can get behind, I think. Yeah, but it, you're not telling a big, deep story. You get join is to go in, sit there, spend 90 minutes, walk out with a huge smile on your face. Yeah. That's yeah. what this film does. Nothing and a very annoyed girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I feel oh, like... yeah. It's like building a Lego set. When you're done, you just have a grin on your face. Like, yeah, and like, you make spaceship sounds. You're going... Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, so I this caught the... my... <laughs> yes, you can see that. Okay, no, you guys hassling me about the unmade castle, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry I didn't grab any screenshots uh, for our chat of this, but this whole like training section where they got the balls and they're exploding and they're moving around, this was so GI Joe for me. It really reminded yeah. me of GI Joe the movie, uh, the animated movie, um, and okay. G.I. Joe, the animated movie, does not need to be elevated in my eyes, but this did actually elevate that movie in my eyes. And I'm, Rob, I'm very happy to hear that it did that for you as well. Um, <laughs> because just seeing this was like so cool. I kind of like that's the thing with this film. Like, I feel like I've discovered this, this and I'm, I'm, I think that's part of the charm of this. I feel like I've discovered some kind of weird hidden treasure. Yeah, you know? I, would, I would agree with that. I think you turn off your brain. But in a good way. Mm. You know, you just go with it, you enjoy it, and it's just a lot of fun. I I can definitely recommend this movie, and I think everyone should watch this if you have not watched it. And Steven, I'm pretty sure this is Oh yeah, Steven. Yeah. You should watch you should watch it. Yeah. You should watch it, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just like, you know, don't go with any any like expectations of watching like a, a masterpiece. Just go in with just looking to have fun to watch a movie and that's all this is really it's just fun it's a fun movie to watch it's fun yeah have fun yeah. with it you don't you don't yeah, need absolutely. to like dissect it in 20 different ways and how realistic mm. it isn't it's just a fun movie and i think a lot of a lot of things nowadays may be too realistic if and take this kind of approach to some things maybe everything wouldn't be so serious you know you don't need to be mm. serious all the time you can just have mm. some fun and that's what this is to me it's just fun i watched this movie might go in a bad mood, come out in a good mood, and I'm like, yeah, there's some positivity going. And... Oh, cool. So yeah. it's your emotional support film. Well, one. <laughs> one of many. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you, man. I'm like that with Ghostbusters and Jurassic yeah. Park. Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. And Lost That's in Translation, funny. oddly enough. I'm, I'm weird. But, uh, guys, mm. I have to, uh, this caught my eye here in the credits, uh, hence the, the screenshot. Um, unit production manager David S. Hamburger I'm pretty damn sure that's not his real name. <laughs> <laughs> and first ad so. assistant director, Bull Coker. I think that's what he did. I think he spent <laughs> the bull on coke. It was the 80s. It was it the really 80s. Definitely was. And they got some incredible shots. I think, yeah, Mega Force. I, it, gives, it gets it, uh, two mega thumb kisses from me. Right. Two mega thumb kisses from Rob. Yeah, it gets a, it gets, yeah, actually it's from one, me too. I feel so influenced. Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah it does it does for me too. So I think easy to influence him. <laughs> it is, but to be fair, like 
there aren't enough movies like this. There's a lot of bad movies out there, mm -hmm. but there's very few bad movies that have the charm that Megaforce has. Yes, it you does. know, and Megaforce is something that I might want to see if I can find on Blu-ray for my personal collection. Um, oh, they're they're available. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they yeah. are. Do it. This is also it a nice collector's set. Then you can get the patch, a couple posters. I think mm. I had. Mm. Cool. Okay, You're so turning I into a real fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Time to go. So um, so here's the thing. Uh, so so just coming off this quickly a bit of a it's gi joe book i have to ask you a gi joe tie-in question uh which of these characters relate or like take one character that you really like and give me the gi joe equivalent of that character oh that's easy ace mm -hmm. is duke okay duke is ace Simple. yeah that, that that works pretty well cool anybody else uh, in there that you feel um well i guess six killer um Kind of like spirit. I want to, you know, Suki. Um, well, actually, you know, uh, there's actually here. I got one. Um, when they're in the pit, you got behind the computer uh, board. You have that bearded guy, and I'm like, that's yes. that to be Breaker. Yeah, He's Breaker. Uh, yeah, He's the one who finds the armadillo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the armadillo with a hard knight. <laughs> and. Um... And on that topic, what is your absolute favorite vehicle from the show that you would love in G.I. Joe scale? Delta 4. The bike. Delta yeah, the motorbikes for it's, sure. It's, it's hard to choose between that and a destroyer. But, I mean, if I had to choose one, I guess, because because Ace, Ace is the guy and Ace's vehicle is the Delta Mark IV. So, yeah. We know bikes in G.I. Joe. Besides that, it can fly too. So, Hasbro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the Delta Four was a is a huge inspiration to the Ram personally. Um, mm -hmm. The shape, the styling of the Ram, um, you know, having not been you know fifteen or twenty in the eighties, you know, or you know, I would have made these connections a lot easier. I mean, I was like four um, <laughs> and five, you know, uh, but I feel like the design language of the Ram comes from these Delta Four bikes in a big way because the Ram doesn't really look like other motorbikes of the same era. And I may be wrong. So if I'm wrong, let us know in the comments and, uh, you know, tell us what your references are. Cause I'd love to check that out. You know, like I like to, to learn new stuff, but I, I think the Ram is a big influence for that. And I, I, I think there is so much of Megaforce's DNA in GI Joe. Definitely. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. So. I think so. Going forward. Um, yeah, if any, if anyone else who's watched it, tell us in the comments how much you love it, how much you hate it. If, if you hate it, you're more than welcome to say that. It's a, it's, it's free reign down there. Do whatever you want. Free so, thank you for, for joining us for a Mega Force Mega Overview. Yes. Well, let me, let me yes. be the first to say that I appreciate um, the opportunity to come on. That's oh, thank you. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you well, for thank you, gentlemen. This. I mean, you've... Yeah. you've certainly introduced us to at least for me at least a, a, a new favorite movie it's definitely in my top yes. two million movies for sure <laughs> mark that's great hell yeah <laughs> rob I, i'm surprised i actually honestly thought rob was gonna hate this i thought you were gonna tear no, this one to I, shreds, I, I love i love these sorts of movies actually it, it it's just the physicality of it it's fun 
it's it's not trying to be anything more than what it is, and it does feel so unpredictable. Like that helps a lot. I know I am, yes. aren't I? Love it. So great. Such a good I, guy. How can you hate a good guy? Hell yeah. I went okay. into it. I'll be honest with you. I went into it going, this is one of the coolest movie posters ever. Mm. Um, and going into the film and having the few lines with the major and the whole thing with them going to the pit and the hologram stuff. And I was like, oh, God, take me now. You know? <laughs> and then, but I was like, I'm going to watch this movie because I want to have a good conversation with, with Darren and Gaz about this. And I'm like so glad that you guys and, and thank you guys for, for putting this film in front of me and thank you for us being able to make an episode about it because it, it helped me push through it. Pleasure. And sorry to use the term push through it like it was labor it's or something. Worth it. it's but worth it. go watch it again, Paul. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna totally right watch now. it again and and I really enjoyed it. So thank you for this because I went in with a bit of a uh, with some trepidation and I'm glad that I came out the other side going, hmm. It's another great bad movie that I can watch and enjoy a lot. And I, I know I keep saying bad movie, bad movie all the time and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's okay. It's okay that it's a bad movie. I, I enjoy enough of them. Like I said, there are people that don't like the Warriors and they consider the Warriors to be a bad movie. And I'm like, don't know what's They're wrong with wrong. those people. Yeah, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's just weird. That's just so, really um, weird. which brings us to Rob. Uh, scoop, scoop. Uh, uh, do you have any favorite well, comments from your last episode? I think there were way too many, and uh, thank, thankfully everyone really enjoyed me me doing this, um, and I'm glad that there's so many people that kind of like are still going through all our other episodes. And to Vincent396, um, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to produce uh, bi-weekly videos. Um, we'll definitely try. Uh, it, you know, it depends on Stephen. He has a, has a child, and Paul has a kid. I mean, not a kid. He has a wife. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and a house. A I'm like... I and can probably jobs. do an extra episode every week. So maybe, Vincent, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fill in the gap for you. But alternatively, Vincent, if you want to check it out, um, so we have this amazing Patreon where you can Absolutely. join the workforce and all that, and that gets you um, you know, into the live, com uh, live podcast review, uh, live podcast recordings and things like that, like we did now with, uh, with the workforce and with Gaz and Darren and... You know that kind of thing and that's really cool and then you have access to things like the soundtracks that we do for the the play motions and sometimes the scripts and sticker sets and all that kind of stuff that we do for it or some of the prop stuff depending on what we can get out there um so you can join these fine people that are being shown on screen right now which is the patreon or you can follow the um you can join the youtube membership you can um you know that whole little button there where you can like join it i think it's, it's three dollars um and Steve actually releases these little vlogs, these little like play motion vlogs. And he does them, I think it's like one a week that he does. And they are really cool. They're really fun. And they're really inspirational for people who enjoy play motion stuff as well. I, I feel like Steve does some cool stuff there and he has some musings. So, you know, go and check that out if that's your type of thing. Um, yeah, or we're always recommending tons of other podcasts and G.I. Joe channels. Check them all out. Yes. Watch everybody. They will be linked in the description below. Every single one of them. Yes. All 100 of them. All 100 of them are linked in the description below. And right. um, guys, Definitely. I haven't pushed this in a while, but uh, just a reminder to those of you out there who are looking for some cool G.I. Joe merch that's not made by G.I. Joe, but made by the people who love G.I. Joe. It's that's G.I. Joe book. And we have um, all of this stuff on our Spring Teespring store. Great shirts like this uh, retro Bergforce shirt 
uh, or retro GI Joe book shirt uh, in the pixel style, which we really love. And I'm trying to get some over in South Africa for us. Hopefully by the time Stephen comes to visit Rob, yeah. so we can all have one of these. <laughs> um, They're going to look so good when we record the podcast with our icons and you can't see our faces and what we're wearing. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, which one of them is talking? The one, this one. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we got merch. So Mega Force. We got merch. Check it out. It's mega cool. It's a mega awesome. Megarific? Megarific, like everyone on the podcast right now. Cool. And then also, apparently, uh, Heberg, Heberg, uh, New He Man oh, and oh, Masters oh, of the oh, Universe oh. Season 3 is on Netflix. Excellent. Cool. Go check that out if you haven't seen it yet, Heberg fans. And. Catching 264, where I imagine all three of us will be back and talking about something. Something. We'll Unless figure out what we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm sure we've got some stuff like that's ready and ready to rock and roll. To the Bugforce and to everybody in the comments, thank you so much for, for joining us for this awesome episode. We hope that it's inspired you to watch Megaforce. Um, and uh, if it hasn't inspired you to watch Megaforce because you're already a diehard Super Megaforce fan, we hope that uh, this resonated with you and that you feel, you know, seen. And uh, thank you, you know, for, for, you know, the love and, and everything that you guys show us. Oh, yeah. And with that, uh, it's time to, to do some ninja rolls out the door. So everybody, <laughs> let's uh, give us a great Joe. Deeds not words. Deeds not words. Deeds not words.